Hello, my name is Sarah, and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, my fellow chakra explorers. How are you? I'm so very excited to share this episode with you today because I think it's going to be so helpful. If you've listened to this show at all, you know we talk about feelings and emotions and the sacral chakra all the time. We talk about what feelings are, where they come from, how to process them, the importance of sitting with discomfort, identifying your emotions, and why running from them or numbing them is counterproductive. Basically, I never shut up about your feelings. But what about those of us who feel overwhelmed by feelings that we're not sure are ours? Feelings that we we can't identify the source. Feelings that come on without warning and out of nowhere. If you experience this, you might be familiar with the term empath. Or you might not be. Or you might have heard it but don't really understand what it means or if it applies to you. I think by now, most people have at least heard this term. It gets thrown around a lot, almost to the point of being meaningless. Or it starts to sound like an excuse or like someone bragging about some sort of superpower. It's used so much that I started to lose sight of what it even means. And it doesn't help that there are a lot of influences in the culture and in my past that deny the existence of such a thing. So when I had the chance to chat with my guest today, Jennifer Moore, I knew that I wanted to bring her on the show to help us all understand the concept of being an empath a little bit more. Jen holds a master's degree in psychology and religion. She's an accredited master trainer for EFT International. That's emotional freedom technique. You might have heard it called tapping. She's the founder of the Empathic Mastery Academy, the author of Amazon bestseller, Empathic Mastery, which I'm in the middle of reading right now, and it's so good. It can really make you feel seen. You know what I mean? She's also the host of the Empathic Mastery Show, a podcast on which I'll be a guest in early 2023, and is the creator of two oracle decks and the photographic healing tarot. She supports other highly sensitive, intuitive women to release empathic overwhelm and distress so they can access their inner wisdom and power. Jen brings over 30 years of experience to her work where she merges practicality, intuition, and skill to offer insight, guidance, and emotional freedom to those she serves. Our conversation went on for well over an hour. And honestly, it could have gone longer. She's just so insightful. So I split it up into two parts. Today, we're talking about the difference between being an empath and having empathy, the history of the word empath and what it means to be born an empath. Next week, we'll continue the conversation with one of my favorite topics, boundaries. 
She has the most amazing way of talking about the types of boundaries, how to set them, and why everyone needs them, not just empaths. But first, let's talk about what being an empath is and how to know if you are one. Hi, Jen. It is so good to see you again. How are you? Oh my goodness, Sarah. It is wonderful to see you. And I'm really well because I just got back from being outside with my dog, Lilu, and it is glorious. Last few days of summer in Maine, the sun is shining. There's a gentle breeze. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's so, so great out to get yeah. out in nature and just really enjoy all of that. I love that. Oh, it is so incredibly important. It, yes, 100%. Well, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time this afternoon and for being on the show. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me. It really is just such a pleasure to connect with like-minded like people and to have a chance to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. yeah. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, you are an empath and sort of an expert on helping people understand their own empathic tendencies and the like. So what I would like to do to start today is just talk about what is an empath and what's the difference between being an empath and having empathy? Would Absolutely. You, yeah. Share a little yeah. bit with us about that. Okay. So let's divide that into two questions. So the first question is, what is an empath? And first off, I just want to say that right now, this has become like the word du jour or the flavor du jour. Like, you know, empath is the new black. Like <laughs> it's everywhere. You're right. And, and a lot of people are identifying as empaths. A lot of people are calling themselves empaths or claiming to be empaths. And, and so it's, it's a word that's everywhere. And the thing is that it's a term that originated from science fiction. It actually was not even a word that really existed until this author wrote a book back in the 1950s, or actually it wasn't even a book. It was like a story for like, a, I think it was like a, you know, a science fiction uh, anthology. It was called The Empath. And I keep on trying to, you know, keep his name in my mind, but it goes away. But anyway, it was a story about these supernatural beings who had, or these, these humans who had super sort of like paranormal abilities or extrasensory abilities to um, manipulate other people with, through sort of like beaming or projecting ideas into their head. And they had sort of this, like, they were like in sort of like spy ops and they had this ability to both receive and pick up information about people, but also um, influence people. And so this was like the first use of the word. And then most of us sort of, or pop culture became much more familiar with the term in, in basically in the 1960s when Star Trek had the classic episode, The Empath, in the original Star Trek. When, and, you know, I've gone into the story about it so many times, <laughs> but basically it's like, as always happens, like a Kirk, Spock, and McCoy land on a planet. There are some bad aliens, and there's this young, this beautiful empath, this this alien woman whose name is Jem, interestingly, which is are my initials. And they arrive there, and she basically is sort of put in a, in the room with them to heal them. And so this was like the very first exposure to the 
the idea or the concept of empath. And then we had, you know, mom, we had Deanna Troy later in Star Trek, but this is where the word actually comes from. It's not like a word. It's not a clinical term. It's not something that people are, you know, likening to some kind of psychiatric disorder or anything. It's a pop culture term that came out of science fiction. So the idea of what an empath is, is pretty fluid. So I'll share my personal perception of it, which is that an empath is a person who has the ability to pick up the thoughts, the feelings, the energy, the sensations, the sometimes the pain that is is coming in from the world around them or sometimes from the entire planet. And depending on the extent to which somebody is open and sensitive, They can be picking up on energy from the past. They could be picking up on energy from the present. They could be picking up on energy from the future. And even some empaths are picking up on things that most of us don't have any awareness of. Like they could be picking up on galactic stuff. They could be picking up on stuff that's coming from extraterrestrial things. They could be picking up on ghosts. Like it, it, it's sort of, it's a degree or a spectrum of openness, but what, really makes an empath different than your psychic, your intuitive, or your medium is that while all of these categories are about having an openness to receiving more information than the, than is sort of the average eye or average ear can pick up on, what is different about being an empath is that empaths experience everything that comes in through their own filters, we experience things as if they are our own. So even though we're absorbing other people's thoughts, feelings, energy, sensations, we're translating them as if they're ours. And so if you are an empath, it's not like you're like, oh, there's a great deal of sorrow in the world and I can sense it. It's, I feel absolutely gutted with despair right now. I don't know why, but I'm feeling this. And so one of the things that makes being an empath extremely confusing and challenging is that a lot of times you'll just start feeling something, not really know why, but feel it as if it is your own. And In my experience, this really is a spectrum where you can have people who have some sensitivity to the people in their immediate immediate vicinity. And then, like I said, you have some people who are so immersed in everything that they just don't even know what end is up. So that's the answer to question number one. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any, anything you wanted to say before I go on to question number two? Yes. So this is something, uh, an experience that must have existed throughout humanity. It's just that science fiction gave us the term that we use now. Is that? Yes. I think that is, I think that is very true is that science fiction gave us the term that we use now. I also do think though, that we are living in a time where we no longer, like we are so much less compartmentalized and so much less sort of isolated from each other than we were before. And so as the climate heats up literally and and sort of metaphorically, as the political crises 
continue to go on as we keep on dealing with all of these social issues, as we deal with, you know, these global pandemic health issues, there are so there's so much more intensity going on, but there's also so much more immediate access to information that we are getting bombarded as a species and inundated with both information and also emotional intensity. So I think that while there have always been highly sensitive people who've had the ability to sense and pick up on what's going on in the world around them, I think that we are living in a time where the noise is so loud and the energy is so big that it has become substantially harder to drown it out or ignore it. And where, you know, you could have had somebody who was considered a sensitive child back in, you know, living on a farm in Oklahoma 200 years ago, they would just have been a sensitive child who probably would have spent a lot of time hanging out, reading books and trees or something. Now that level of sensitivity is being impacted by all the things that are going on in a way that I think makes it substantially, like there's much more impact to being an empath now than there would have been a couple hundred years ago or a thousand years ago where we just weren't connected to as many people. We didn't have the technology that allows us to be aware of like a million things in an instant. We didn't have the ability to get in a car and go from one state or one city to another in, you know, less than a day. And as a result, there is so much less barrier between us and the rest of the world. And I think that holds true for even people that don't identify as empaths, right? Absolutely. The quantity of information that is coming in constantly, you know, even if you aren't necessarily highly sensitive per se, you you could become sort of more sensitive to it just out of sheer volume of out of sheer volume. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense to me. And the other thing is that I think so many of us are socialized to ignore our emotions, to ignore our feelings, to kind of push things down. And so I think that even people who don't necessarily identify as empaths, a lot of times they're still experiencing empathic overwhelm and they could be still, you know, picking up on things. They just might not have this particular vocabulary for what they are experiencing. So I think that actually kind of leads us into, well, what's the difference between Between empath empath and empathy? empathy. Exactly. So interestingly, so, you know, empath is a, is sort of a kind of, it's an identity. It's a way of being, it's a, it's a sort of a person or a kind of person who, like we said, picks up the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations from the world around them. So they're feeling and sensing and thinking the, you know, what's coming from the outside world. Empathy is the capacity to empathize with to imagine ourselves in that other person's shoes, to have profound compassion and understanding, like to be able to put ourselves there. But the thing about empathy is that empathy still has a boundary where we are not 
feeling the other person's stuff inadvertently or unconsciously. We are consciously imagining ourselves in that person's experience. And so we can empathize, we can imagine ourselves there, we can put ourselves there, but we know the separation between ourselves and that other person. I see. There's just a little bit more awareness of where that person ends and, and I we begin. begin. Is that- yeah. And, and it's like, there's, I mean, for me, empaths often struggle with the distinction between self and others, whereas empathy is the capacity to imagine ourselves or put ourselves feel to, 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 cho- to choose, to feel that sent that, you know, to the, what that other person is going through, but more of a, almost like you're trying it on. You're sort of, and you're, you know, like you're putting on a mask, you're putting on a coat, you're experiencing what, what, what you're walking in that person's shoes, but you know, they aren't your shoes. And so ironically, I think that there are many empaths who actually really need more empathy because when you are an empath, it can be very easy to get lost in your own stuff. Mm. You can get really, because you're so drowning in the emotional soup and so overwhelmed by all of the intensity that is coming on, it can be very hard to distinguish between what's mine and what's not mine. And I'll give you an example of where as an empath, I had a very clear understanding of the difference for me between being an empath and being having empathy. When the war in Ukraine broke out, there were all of these pictures on social media of people leaving, fleeing their homes with their dogs on a leash and their cats in a cat carrier. And in particular, there were a lot of pugs that were getting evacuated. And I'm a pug owner. Um, we have our fifth pug. Like I, we, we are diehard pug fans, pug rescue all the way. And so I'm reading these social media posts and I'm seeing these images of these people like leaving their cities, you know, with like a backpack on their back and maybe a roller bag. And like I said, the cat carrier and the dog on the leash. And all of a sudden I am just gripped with grief and anguish and terror. And I am seeing myself with my dog and my on the leash and my cats in a cat carrier and my little wheelie bag walking down my own road in my own hometown, imagining myself there. And I knew because I mean, I knew I'm like, you are living in a very safe part of the world right now. You are not in Ukraine, Jen. You are in Maine, you are safe, your dog is safe, your cats are safe, everything is okay. This is not your experience. And I really had to separate myself from that. And I had to dial back and really work to cultivate empathy for the people who were going through this. But part of cultivating empathy for the people going through this was actually cultivating gratitude and appreciation for my privilege, for my safety, for the fact that my life, my experience is completely different instead of over identifying with my fantasy or my, my empath, my empathic um, overwhelm with this that was causing me to experience that experience as if it was my own. 
And yet in a weird way, there's almost this sort of narcissism that comes when I'm safe in Maine with a roof over my head and all is well in my world. If I'm thinking that I'm in Ukraine, like walking with my dog on a leash and my cats in a cat carrier. And so for me, that was a really powerful example and opportunity to be like, this is the difference between empath and empathy. And in this particular case, it really felt like I really needed to cultivate empathy as opposed to sort of going down the rabbit hole that an empath can go down. Absolutely. And just getting lost in your own emotions and then losing sight of the fact that there are other people who are truly suffering and that's truly not you suffering and it's moment. not me. Right. I yeah. think that's a really, really important distinction. So thank you for clarifying both intellectually and also with that, you know, example yeah. from your own personal life. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I have two follow-up questions. And the first one, as I'm sure you get asked this all the time, how do people become an empath? Are are they born this way? Are they, are empaths may, what's your, what's your opinion on that? Or what are your thoughts? So, so first off, you know, one theory that I've heard is that empaths arise out of trauma and that, you know, basically that to, that empath being an empath is sort of an adaptive mechanism for traumatic situations. And I would say, that if that was the case, then every single human being on the planet would be a would be an empath. I was just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that in a family, in a dysfunctional family system, say you have a family with uh, three kids with, you know, alcoholic parents. It's I notice frequently that you'll have one person who's an empath and not two and two others. One might be an, a narcissist. One might be an addict. One might just be sort of somebody who kind of chugs along and finds their way. So. I do believe that experiences, trauma can absolutely crack us open, but I think that there is just like some people are naturally gifted in sports, some people are naturally gifted in music, some people are naturally gifted as artists, there are some of us who are naturally more gifted in being receptive to picking up on and feeling and sensing the energy from the world around us. And so that tendency, like just in the same way that somebody's born with different people are born with different astrological charts, that tendency, I think, is there within us. It's innate from the beginning. Whether we are expressing it as a dominant trait 
or it is a dormant trait is going to have to do with how we are raised, what our just natural predilections are, um, and and what you know, and sort of and what kinds of tools and coping mechanisms we have. Like so much of what I think our culture identifies as an empath also is about empathic distress, that it's about not having the tools to navigate it. So you have some people who are born into families who give them tools for processing this information. And, and instead of it being a curse, as so many people talk about it, it becomes a blessing or a gift that allows them to be more tuned into the world. So my experience of it is that some of us, for whatever reason, are born with this as a dominant trait. And from the very beginning, we are sensitive to the world around us. And we often tend to be respond to things either. I find some people respond to things in terms of their, you know, their mind, that they're thinking these kinds of things all the time, that they're, you know, sort of perseverating a lot. Some of us experience it more through our body and it's like the empath really shows up through behavior, um, you know, and, and often like acting out. Mm -hmm. Then there's the sort of what I think of as like, I think in terms of the elements of air, which are the thinking empaths, fire, which are the acting empaths, water, which are the feeling empaths, which are the ones who are sort of feeling all the things. And then earth where it shows up in the body where you have, and it's interesting how many kids, like I know so many friends who have really highly sensitive children where it manifests as stomach upset, like constantly having stomach aches, constantly having physical health issues, all of that. So it can show up in a number of different ways for us. And because we live in a society that doesn't necessarily give a lot of space for this or validation for this. It might just be like, oh, we have a sickly child or, oh, we have a highly sensitive child. So I think we have these tendencies. Some of us have them and they're much more dominant, whereas in some cases they're a little bit more dormant until it's like the volume just get cr gets cranked up so high that suddenly we start awakening to them. But one thing I want to say is that in my experience, in addition to sort of like some of us who just sort of know we are different or we are like this, what I have found with so many of the people I've worked with is that it sort of, they didn't identify as or recognize themselves as an empath until we'd started talking about all of the ways that they were being affected by the energy and it and and circumstances and situations from the world around them and starting to distinguish and discern like oh this is not mine and so if there are people who are listening and they're like i don't think i'm an empath i guess i would say i would ask you to sort of think about have you had multiple experiences in your life where all of a sudden, out of the blue, you are just feeling like weird and wonky and you cannot put your finger on it and you don't know why you are experiencing what you're experiencing because it doesn't correlate with your own life at all. And then you learn maybe a day or two later or a couple of weeks later that either something happened in the world that suddenly made this make sense 
or that you found out that like your best friend's dog just died or that somebody was going through a health issue or some other thing, but where you learn, oh, this emotional experience or this feeling really out of balance doesn't correlate with my experience, but it does correlate with this other person's experience. Interesting. So some people, I just want to make sure I'm understanding. So some people are born with a very dominant, very sort of forward in their minds and in their experience. Other people are born with it in a little bit of the background and may start to develop it later in life. Do you think it's a trait that everyone has or that everyone has access to? Or are there those people who uh, do not experience that and then have, let's say, the opportunity to cultivate empathy as opposed to being an empath throughout their lives? I absolutely think that I think to say that absolutely everybody has the capacity to be an empath is, would be the same as saying everybody has the capacity to be an NBA player. (laughs) So no, that's not the case then. (laughs) Like, I mean, there is no way, there is absolutely no way in this lifetime that is a five foot and three quarter inch tall woman who is pushing up on her, you know, sixth decade right now that I will ever, ever, ever be an MBA player. And so I do think that there are, there are people who by their nature, by their wiring, by just their, their, you know, their neural, you know, their, their like neurobiology, you know, who are not, who are not going to be an empath. But I do think that most of us have a capacity to work on and cultivate empathy. And interestingly, I think that empathy in some ways is really the key, both for the overly sensitive or the, I don't want to use the word overly sensitive because that's, you know, too sensitive, yeah, it feel, it overreacting, very taking negative. it to, yeah. Well, it and, and like all so the things that you're pushed on by pushed society on and right? so much invalidation mm-hmm. of the feelings. But those of us who are highly sensitive and who get to the point where we cannot distinguish between what's ours and what's not ours versus the people who are kind of on that other side where the extreme sociopaths or narcissists who everything, it's, it's, it's all about them all the time. I think in both cases, what we want to be going towards is that middle of cultivating empathy because it allows us to have that understanding that other people's experiences are different. And in a way, this actually kind of even reinforces this idea of like, everybody can be an empath or everybody's born an empath. It's like, I don't know, that's kind of like the, it feels to me like it's kind of like the new age version of all lives matter. It does not acknowledge that different people's experiences are different than ours. And I think, and you and I have talked about this, it's important for there to be a variety of people in the world, on the planet. There's nothing particularly uh, superior about an empath Mm -mm. over a non-empath. And in fact, the world functions because we have people who are able to more easily set those boundaries between your experience and my experience. And so would you talk a little bit about that? Well, I, so... You know, I was having a conversation with my husband the other day where I was like, 
do you just randomly wake up in the morning and feel completely weird and out of sorts and feel like, you know, just like this deep sense of weird despair? And he's like, no. And I was must like, be nice, <laughs> must be nice. And I was like, and I was just realizing that, you know, the benefit of having a non, I mean, I'm, I'm married to a, a sensitive Aries, you know, psychotherapist drummer. So it's not like he's like, you know, completely disconnected, but he is not an empath in the way that I am an empath. And as a result, he can be like, he can really, in my own life, I really am grateful for the fact that he's not as sensitive as I am, because especially at the very beginning when the pandemic was hitting mm -hmm. and like, I was just getting knocked over with these surges of fear that were coming as the COVID surges would come through, I would just be like bowled over. He wasn't. And so I was, he was able to sort of offer me kind of a perspective and a ballast. And so I think that the people who are able to distinguish what's theirs, what's not theirs, who are able to be more, you know, more contained and self-contained and self-aware and not just experiencing kind of this emotional psychic bleed through all the time especially when we are going through these extremely like what end really is even up there is an incredible value there's incredible value to the people who have the ability to just kind of be like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain just the facts ma'am you know like let's just be let's just keep going and like deal with stuff on a need to know basis like you know, let's keep going. Yeah. I think about that a lot, right? I don't want my first responders to be empaths. Mm -hmm. I don't want a, a paramedic to show up to the scene of an accident and become overwhelmed with fear and terror and pain. I want that person to come to the scene and keep a clear head. Right. Right. And so I think, gosh, I think empaths are extremely important and valuable on the planet, especially the way you've described them, which was just beautiful. But also I think non-empaths are incredibly valuable, which just goes back to, I think, what you and I both believe, which is that every human being here is needed and mm -hmm. their skills are valuable on the planet. And we're all, like you said, working together toward the middle, toward cultivating empathy. Wherever we start, we work toward the middle to find that collective peace and calm and harmony in a perfect world. Fingers crossed. All that, right. all that good right. stuff. Right. So that's great. Okay. We're going to end it there for now. I hope you got as much clarity and insight from Jen as I did. I, I really just love her energy and compassion and clear way of putting things. If you can't wait to learn more, you can go to empathicmastery.com or find her book, Empathic Mastery, on Amazon or wherever you get your books. She also has an empath quiz and a free empathetic safety course on her website. So go check that out this week. Next week, Jen will share with us what boundaries are, why it's important for everyone to set them, and some practical steps to help you start protecting your energy and emotional health. As for me, if you want to get in touch, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Your Chakra Coach. You can check out my free courses and meditations on my website, yourchakracoach.com. And of course, I have tons of bonus content on the Patreon page. 
which you can join if you feel that this podcast is worth your support. Until next week, my friends, take care of yourself and we'll talk soon. Bye.